My husband and I met through a face, well, like kind of got together through him sending me a Facebook message randomly as right. well. That's funny. That's the way that is funny. Yeah. As long as it's not one of those, I saw your profile. <laughs> yeah, it's like, no, nah, no, we had worked together and he saw that <laughs> yeah. Justin and I were like on a break and he like sent me this message like I've been wanting to take you out to eat. I hope you can like give me some time and like he just sent me this big long message as well and I was just like, oh, I won't get on that call and I ignored it. <laughs> And then I needed an employee later, and I was like, well, Uriah seemed to really like me. (laughs) Maybe he'll say yes to a job. (laughs) And then the rest was history. Once we started working together, it was... She's she's stalked me. That's that's what it is. She's stalked (laughs) My very own stalker. Actually, you can call me just Jerrica, as I've always referred to myself as. Growing Up Dot Dot Dot, the podcast of extraordinary conversations with ordinary people. So what's that dot 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 about? It could be growing up but Incan. It could be growing up podcasting. It could even be growing up in Charm City, wherever that is. It's also about bringing back the conversations we used to have around the water cooler or the coffee pot. Man, am I dating myself on those references. How about this one? You used to go down to the pub grab a beer, watch some sports, and before long you were on a first-name basis with that stranger next to you. That's the kind of conversations we want to get back to. We don't care about your politics, your religion, your sexuality. Heck, we probably don't even care about the sports team you root for, unless it's not mine. Just kidding. What we do care about is what motivates you, what brings you joy, and who influenced you. Let's talk about the events and experiences on those crazy trips around the sun that have made you who you are today. With that said, the conversation begins now. Oh, I love that. Oh, yeah. That conversation begins now. There you go. (laughs) So, I am Teddy, and with me, as always, is the beautiful Bad Betty. Hello. And this is Growing Up Dot Dot Dot, Extraordinary Conversations with Ordinary People. And on the phone, we have our guest, who has yet to give us our nick- a nickname, but... You can call me Just Jerrica, okay. as I've always referred to myself as. <laughs> Just Jerrica, there we go. Just Jerrica, I love it. There you go. <laughs> All right, so just like I said, there are conversations. Actually, Just Jerrica and I did meet from just one of those conversations by pulling up the bar. She was one of my bartenders there you one go. time. So how are you doing yeah. on this beautiful, excessively warm day? Uh, it's not too excessively warm here, actually. It's nice and cool. I got birds chirping. I can't, I can't complain. It's been a pretty nice Saturday for me here in Runnymede, New Jersey. <laughs> You're over on the other side of the border. Yeah, he the, he Thank thinks you. sixty some degrees is like excessively warm, yeah, or you, seventy, and I'm like, okay. Well, I've been outside most days, so. <laughs> but still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah don't you Wait have till Puerto July. You? <laughs> yeah, you, you would never know that. It did that. that <laughs> my Puerto Rican people are like, That's man, you're, scoop. You're, you're, you're sad. You're you can't t- take the heat of like. You can't take seventy degrees <laughs> and and no humidity. Yeah, like what? Wait, I think you didn't. No grow humidity up. is the key. I That's know. the key, though. <laughs> yeah, no, that, I can't complain about it. I'll grumble about it, but I can't complain about it. Dog's happy; he's outside. And... <laughs> oh my god, mine follows me everywhere. I can't shake him. Do you have any tips on that? Uh, give him I'm something shaking. else to do. <laughs> <laughs> he loves me. He adores me. I swear. Well, that's a good thing. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> compared, to, compared to every time you come into the house, he tries to bite you. You know that would be a bad. Yeah, thing. that would be a bad thing. <laughs> what kind um, of dog? He's a black lab. Oh well, yeah, they, they're ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, he's ridiculously loyal. He talks back though. That's his. Oh yeah. One downfall. He talks back a lot. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, years ago, I had a, a lab mix and she was, when I did her DNA, it was lab, shepherd, and husky. But the whole one side was lab and everybody saw her and she was like 80 pounds. So like she'd come running and she looked huge and she looked like a Rottweiler mix. And that's what we, even the shelter thought she was a Rottie mix. And she would come like running up to you because she was a spaz. And like people would like, oh my God, like this huge dog's running at me. And then she's just like the stupidest, happiest girl. (laughs) (laughs) She, she was 100%. Everybody's like, oh my God, she's such a lab. And I was like, exactly. Yeah. The, the one dog I had, I got a call from work that he was out on my roof and I had to go home to get him out. He had pushed the accordion screen of the air conditioner over all the way and went out on the roof and was just sitting there when I pulled up to get him. <laughs> How did you get him down? I just called him back through the air conditioner window. Oh well, he had... He had separation anxiety, very bad. I literally needed a a sitter for my dog. It was ridiculous. (laughs) In the best way. He was a good one. No, I know. A A lot of them are like that. It's just, yeah, Yeah. years ago, like one of the first dogs I got from a shelter had separation anxiety. They all had separation anxiety at some point, but um, she had it really bad. Because we're amazing. (laughs) Huh? Because we're amazing. They can't be left without us. <laughs> exactly. Right. And um, it was so funny because at the time I still lived with my parents because I was, like I don't know, early 20s. And it was funny as heck because we had these like hardwood floors and we had like a bunch of cats. But they had this one like long haired fluffy cat and apparently knew how to like turn on the faucet, like would get on the counter and turn on the kitchen faucet and drink from it. So this dog somehow they they got into cahoots and they would figure out they opened the pantry door one day we came home and there's just like paw prints all over the wood floor and we're like what is going on and they had knocked over they got into the pantry knocked over a five pound bag of sugar and licked each other and and then like the cat got everybody wet so everybody was just covered in sugar and paws i was like oh god (laughs) it was a mess what color were the animals <laughs> the one was black and tan the dog was black and tan and the yes. cat was at the time brown and white and long haired but yeah they were just white and sticky and I was oh. like oh Jesus that must have been real real fun to clean that up <laughs> with any luck they helped with that well yeah they were fine the cat was worse than my, my dog would lick up a lot of that. And he would have half of that cleaned by the time it hit the floor. Well, and, yeah, some of it was. I mean, there was still a pile. That's when we were like, what is all over the floor? These paw prints. And then we walked in and we saw like leftover sugar because I think they started licking it. And they're like, wow, this is really sweet. This is a little much. And they're like, wait, no, let me, let me stop. Wait, no, wait, let me go back. That that was pretty good. Next, next 20 minutes, zoomies. Yeah, really. That's when we bought a crate for the dog. (laughs) That fixed the separation anxiety amazingly. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Oh, my dog, he would eat right out of crates. He would bend them. He was he was very bad. Yeah. The only thing that held him other than a human being's presence was a tether cord around it was a structural beam in the house. My dad was working on a downstairs apartment of the property he owned and he was gutting that bottom floor and redoing it and we literally had to while I went to work during that time, wrap a tether cord around a structural beam that had yet to be sheet rocked. And that was the only thing that held him. That was it. The only thing. Not doors, houses, mm. cages, nothing. Oh, yeah, I've seen him chew through doors and door jams. Yeah. As a renter, I've definitely replaced more than my fair share. It's like, oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> They're like kids. Well, they're worse than kids in a lot of ways because kids wouldn't do that. They were not going to rip through a door. <laughs> they're not. I hope they wouldn't like eat the door jam off. <laughs> they probably there was like 
Your kids daycares doing that. Daycares for children. <laughs> <laughs> daycares for children everywhere. I had to depend on the kindness of my relatives. Like, please just sit with my dog. I will pay you. <laughs> Yeah, if your kids were like that, they'd be like, nope, nope, we'll, we'll watch your dog, but not your kids. Put your kid in a cage. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And my stepsisters, she had the first, mind you, first grandchild of the family. And my parents got the biggest package. I forget. I don't even remember what it was. Maybe it was a crib or something. But it was huge, and it was, like, freight-sized. And I had had dogs since... The moment I got out of the house, I had a dog and they present this huge box at her baby shower. And that's the first thing I said. I was like, is it a dog crate? <laughs> I was a dog person. She was And they're the first like, oh, looking at you like, that's your like, oh. right. Do we not do that with the children? Well, it works very kind of well funny, for the dog. I did just see a meme where they're like, you know, just because it was like an anti-crate thing and they're like, we don't put, you know, we don't put our kids in crates but just because, and it's like a picture of a crib, which is identical to, right. I mean, it's identical except it's identical. open on top. And I'm like, yep, yeah, actually we do. Play pens, <laughs> play, play pens, yeah. same concept. I mean, I still remember Back to the Future when he's like, better get used to these bars, kid. And what's ironic is I put my crate up for my dog because it's become like his like peace, mm -hmm. his like quiet space. Oh yeah, they love it. My kids love the crate. <laughs> Why don't we have crates for kids? They love them. They are safe. You can close the door. You know where they are. They're not going to disappear. I mean, any mess they're making, it's contained. I think it's a great idea, personally. You can just like <sighs> give them like paints and stuff, and just be like, "Here you go, <laughs> close the door." <laughs> yeah, so far, she don't even have to open the door. Like those things are big enough to show, like at least a pop tart through. You know, <laughs> I'm a mother of two, and I, I, I. I vouched for this message. And, and, and now you see why everybody who comes on uses, do not use their actual <laughs> names. Because <laughs> somewhere somebody's like, I can't believe she's saying it. She's and the rest of us are like, that's, that's a, a fantastic <laughs> idea. Oh, man. You just have to rephrase it. It's not a crate. It's a. It's a child security. It's like like it's like a security blanket. Look, we we grow up and we want our own man caves and she sheds. Exactly. So might as well start them out early. Starting them out early. <laughs> hey, it's not like we're giving them wine or anything. Not yet. <laughs> oh my gosh, what is that age? It's at least twenty-one months. So, <laughs> yeah. not twenty-one years. Oh, that's it. That's it. Thank you. That's, Thank you. It, it was a 21 there. I don't know. I, I can't I can't say anything about my parents on that. So. Yeah, really. I mean, oh, my uh, goodness. Uh, yeah. I still uh, remember like, you know, Thanksgiving. <laughs> oh, no, my parents would. It was so strict. My parents would never, ever. <laughs> my dad used to have me make him rum and Cokes <laughs> when he came home from work. And then he, you know, and they had the old school swizzle sticks. And so, yeah, I'd make the rum and Cokes and. But let, and let's just me. say that so. I'm well familiar with the, the Miller uh, pony bottles and Rheingold, <laughs> those little cans that they used to come in. And we wouldn't get in trouble in the summertime. You know, we'd go to a family picnic. Well, certainly popular, like back in the day, to like rub even toddlers, like rub whiskey. When they were teething and stuff, the common thing. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that. Oh. Nowadays, you'd have like you'd have, child services. Yeah, would child be services all over, would be yeah. taking your kid away. Yeah, I think that they were just like getting slightly intoxicated, though. It wasn't that it was like yeah. <laughs> well, they weren't in pain. gums or anything. <laughs> they it's weren't like, in pain anymore. I don't know. Right. And after a while, the parents realize, hey, that makes Junior quiet. 
Hey, juniors. Again, they were drunk. (laughs) Their body ratio to like a nubby of of whiskey. Here you go. Knocking them on their little diapers. Oh my goodness. There's a reason why that generation was smarter. (laughs) (laughs) They took care of things. Oh my! Of course, the cribs were also made of lead. Paint, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it kept yeah. them from chewing on the cribs at least. There, see, that's why kids didn't. Kids <laughs> learned from really peeling fast. off the paint and eating it. <laughs> kids learned growing, and our generation learned chewing on things is not a good idea. Yeah, I think I thought that the cribs were handcrafted, so they were getting like splinters and the really old ones. Yeah, stained. okay, I'm not that old. Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. I, I don't know either. So. Which I mean, I mean, what generation they were building them? I should say. I don't. I have no I idea know. what era. I, I just. I, I think. Well, I mean, when you look at like older furniture from the uh, from Stone the uh, post depression, like the depression no, era, I... even then, a lot of that was actually still like mass produced, but it's still way better quality than what we consider mass production today. It was more yeah. like, okay, you didn't have one craftsman, yeah. uh, you know, building the whole thing. But I've seen, we've got some old furniture here and it's from that era. And you can tell it's like mass produced, but it's still higher quality than. And my family's from Pennsylvania, Dutch country. So there was definitely a lot of Amish, you know, the, the, the craftsmanship was oh, yeah. totally my there. Master. But, Still, they painted it with, at that point, lead-based paint. Whatever they had lying around. (laughs) Now, my dad told me about his parents, like, getting into, like, you know, a little verbal argument with his his spouse at the time, having their first child, that his dad wanted to build the crib. (laughs) And she wasn't allowing it. And it was, like, his mom... Both of his parents were both on the same side. Like his mom was going with his dad, and it was just—I <sighs> couldn't believe it either. I could not think of a handcrafted crib. Yeah, they're probably probably worried about where they got that paint from. It's like yeah, I don't know. It was down at the naval yard, is next to the radiation dump. What, what could possibly be wrong? Oh my gosh! It just... Still has to be better than the mass-produced stuff. It's imported, I would think. Yeah, no, the the stuff that's coming, <laughs> the imported stuff nowadays, I don't trust. Uh, it's like who knows what they've what they're putting in those things. They're worse. It's like we need to get rid of these chemicals here. Put it on this plastic crib and send it to America. Right. I ended up just having to go sleep. I couldn't. I couldn't even get him to stay in the crib. My first child. Well, that's one way to do it. Hey, it's yeah, whatever works. I mean, you you got to get sleep, and if the kid's not going to sleep, then you got you got to work. Yeah, I don't know how parents do it nowadays, especially with. Oh my gosh, it's tough enough in our generation, but nowadays I'm like, I, I don't understand that. I think the hardest thing was just the balance of trying to find a being like time to work. And be a parent like that. I think that's the hardest balance to find. Yeah, I find. It I hard. don't know how they. I don't know how they did it back then, actually, because I ended up just finding like a work-at-home job, like working on a computer, and that's worked out very well. But I don't. Yeah. I don't know. Sorry, yeah, I, I, I had to temporarily mute like, it there. Okay, why can't Why can't I hear myself? Uh, yeah, I just, like, my mom was the same way. She, uh, she, at one point in time, I mean, they were married late 50s. And, um, she had her first kid at 60, 1960. So, she was a hairdresser that worked out of the house. Mm. Like, she had her own place. And I'm like, and you had, like, three kids at home. And my dad was in the Marines. And I was like. Oh my God. Like, how did you do that? Like, that's insane. You had a business and you took care of three kids and 
like took care of a house. And like every time it's like the same thing. It's like, and my grandmother, one of the bad Bettys, you know, <sighs> well, actually both of the bad Bettys were, the one was single, which is even crazier. She was a single mom who was raising three kids in the, oh in the forties. And um, she was living at the time with um, my 13 cousins and, it was the it was my dad his his siblings and his mom two aunts and then all of their cousins in one house but yeah she oh, worked that's one way to do it yeah and she was seriously yeah and she worked two jobs in high heels of all things she had the worst feet ever but yeah she worked in high heels in a factory can you imagine? I like can't even. I can't even wear like I. I can only wear sneakers nowadays. <laughs> oh my gosh! I barely get out of my pajamas to go to my workout. <laughs> and these women were dressing up and like like going to work in heels and working in a factory. I'm like, okay, we're like, oh my god, like, what is? <laughs> we got soft. <laughs> yep. Or spoiled. I'm not sure. I think it's spoiled. Like, I would. I'll take the spoiling, though. I would rather not have to do that. I would not call uh, Bad Betty soft. Well, <laughs> soft where it counts, but just like I would not call Just Jerica soft. <laughs> By the way, I love some of the stuff you post up. It's like I just laugh my ass off, and I'm like, "Yep, yeah, she still got that attitude." Oh, me? Yeah, you. Well, not me. <laughs> I just, I speak my mind. I've always spoke my mind. But you're one of those people who speaks your mind without being a jerk about it. You know right. what I mean? I, some I, people I like speak their, well, here's the difference. Here's where I, I know some people claim, oh, I speak my mind. It's like, no, you're just a jerk. It's like, there's times to just shut up because it's not relevant to you. Now, if somebody's mm -hmm. coming at you, yeah, yeah, you know, give them both barrels after you give them a warning. And that's the difference. It's like I've seen Absolutely. people come after you, and then it's like, oh, duck. I'm <laughs> Barkeep, give me another drink. I'm going to watch this in action. Because <laughs> I just feel like if you want to approach me in a certain way, you're, you're now setting the bar of behavior. And I, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I seriously am. I'm the nicest person. But if you're, it's like if you, for whatever reason, you see fit, decide to turn, just be disrespectful or like engage me in a negative way, like I, I respond in kind. Yeah, yeah, that I mean, way. <laughs> I think that, I mean, I worked in the service industry for a while and then I went to medical for two decades and now I'm back in the retail world sort of but it's like it is it's like you you know your boundaries and you know right. like, and the medical especially in the medical field that can be difficult but at the same time those are your boundaries and you're like okay you know and you, you just respect me I'm I'm not going to turn back around it's really hard working in those fields oh you know you don't want to like get in trouble quote unquote but at the same time this is me, you know, like you need to respect me. And we always used to argue like when we were working in the, when I worked in the service industry, it was like, everybody should have to do that at least once because you'll learn how to respect people and not be like, just come in there. You know, it's funny. I've mostly come from retail. I, w I started as a server and I, I went back there occasionally in the place where we met. Um, but for the most part, I was actually in retail once I left the service industry. And sometimes with a coworker in, in an appropriate area, or just maybe more private, I can maybe get like that. But with usually a customer, I find that I cannot be taken out of my element. I can't get like that with a customer. I'll just end the conversation, tell them to have a nice day, tell them to leave. I'll be honest, 
some restaurants I've been in, it, it they also set the bar with professionalism as well. Yeah. You can't just like there's a difference between bartending. You know, is but even a bar, like there's a difference between bartending at a mother's and bartending at an olive garden, for example. Like it's Oh yeah. It's different environments and I think the line is set based upon how how the establishment is run essentially. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean when you have like a local bar like I worked for when I was out west. Um, I worked for a small locally owned kind of place. So yeah, the bar was very different. If I came to them and I complained about a customer who was a regular customer and a really good customer, that was a pro you know, they just kind of whitewashed it and said, Oh, well, you know, kind of made it my problem to deal with kind of a thing where when I've worked at chain restaurants there's a, you know, you throw out the customer kind of thing. You're right. We're in, like, okay. I grew up with the local pubs that, you know, my dad would hang out. There was two type of customers. There was the locals and then everybody else. And basically, you come in, you were treated with the, like you said, they set the tone of respect. You started any crap. It was just old school. Like, bartender would just yeah. say, uh, set up your bill, get out. End of story. There would be no, no snip. You know, it was always done a very professional uh, way. But you're right. It's like I think the power you have in retail. I think the best right. retail customer service I've seen are people who just look at the customer. You're not rude. You're not snippy. You're not attitude. In fact, you come off so professional. I, I guess the best I've seen is when you kind of people channel their inner. Butler from Batman, just like yes, yeah, yes, yeah, or or Jarvis from Iron Man. You know, you just got to be so professional that way. Great way to think when about you, when it. you when you come off yes. that way. I think it's a win. You're winning. You're like I'm not going to stoop down to your level, and I'm still going to treat your respect not because I respect you, but because I respect Absolutely. the environment that I'm in in my position, and you're not dragging me down. My position. Whereas, like yeah. today, we got a lot of people who are just too snowflakeish for lack of. Beautifully I mean, sad. I don't know how many places like. I can't believe they talk to me that way. Okay, what school did you go to? Well, I never saw that. Like, dude, I mean, I got chased by a punk in high school for one and a half years. That's how I learned that karma doesn't work the way it works. But he ended up with lung problems. Oh, too bad for him. Anyway, it's just oh, not induced by you. No, not induced. <laughs> well, actually, uh, it did help me uh, as a, a skinny runt of a kid. Well, yeah, that he had lung problems that turned up. Uh, no, that's when you and the other day were talking about running. I, I was kind of laughing my ass off because I learned to run out of necessity of survival. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> You're right. It does bring peace. <laughs> Better than getting beat up. Well, yeah. Aww. <laughs> well, it's the truth. I mean, that's why bullying is not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, I've, I've, I survived it. I haven't. There's no mass bodies dug anywhere. Oh, there's better ways to build character, though, in my opinion. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Don't get me wrong. I mean, if uh, I, I, I don't wish it upon anybody. Uh, yeah. But it is what it is. Well, and, and the difference is, it's how you respond to it. Today, I mean, I get it. The system is trying to protect the kids, blah, blah, blah. But I think sometimes they actually build a worse solution. But who knows? Anyway, that's I going to I still remember so. uh, years and years ago, I got um, right at the end of a bus trip. There was It was middle school, so I was in sixth grade. Eighth graders were giving me a hard time the entire time. And eventually, they were just bullies every time on the bus. And then they were, like, joking around with me. And they kind of, like the one kid jumped on my leg because it was sitting out in the aisle a little bit and I could feel my bone actually bend, but it didn't. And so, and they like had, it was at the time I had a trapper keeper. They took my trapper keeper and like ripped the pages out and stuff. So 
when I got down and my friends were like helping me and stuff and I went back to my house and my, I told my mom and I was su- super upset and she goes, did you punch him? <laughs> and I was like, no, why would I do that? And she goes, because he jumped on your leg. Like, that's unacceptable. <laughs> I was like, okay, that was my mom. <laughs> and I mean, but they were total bullies, but I think. Did he jump on your leg on purpose? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was, he was yeah. a total, like, it's middle school, you know? Like, kids are, like, they can't figure things out. And they're just, and it was the 80s, and they were. See, that that's where I would have a problem being a parent today. Yeah, I would be totally like, be like. I'd be like. And my um, mom grew up in the 50s and 60s. She's like, no, no, that's not how this there, works. There is a line, but uh, there is a line there. I mean, but, yeah, at a certain point, I tell my kid. Yeah, no, nah, you're not. Either learn to run. Running is fine. Yeah. Run away from the situation is is not cowardly. That's sometimes smarter. Or punch him. But understand, if you punch, there's consequences. And I came from a family of boxers. So that yeah. was kind of part of the thing, including my mom's dad. So, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's one of those things where you, she's very good at explaining the pick and choose your fights kind of a thing both of them were but yeah i just when they you know i handled bullies differently as a kid i don't know it was it was kind of right in the middle of runaway and hit because i had a very big ego problem (laughs) maybe i still nah you never (laughs) had an ego come on But so my thing was, again, if you're going to stand up and challenge me, especially publicly, I have to match that. Mm -hmm. Right. So I'm not I'm not running. But at the same time, like I'm not necessarily jumping right to the fight. It's like kind of meeting you right in the middle. Like we can go back and forth with this banter. And if the other person escalated it to a point where they actually put their hands on me, uh, then I would, I, there was, the flight was never an option. It was stand and, and publicly uh, meet them at their level or it would escalate. And I'd, I'd match that as well, but I, I never could do the run part. I just couldn't. Yeah. There wasn't something in me that allowed it. I don't know how to explain well, it. Well, my my thing, my run came out of the, the reality that when somebody outweighs you two to three times. <laughs> <laughs> but later in life, I changed my attitude and became extremely, uh, I'm known for flipping tables over people's heads and throwing wow. things Well, at what's lockers. great is later in life, you don't have to really deal with it. People kind of grow up around you. It, it's like... She mentioned it's middle school. It's middle school. It's junior high. People start to mature. I felt a bit in high school. It started to like die out. But that's that's actually when it started for me. When I got to high school is when it started for me. And then I learned after a while. Well, that's where I learned to use my my mouth. Like you said, it's like after a while, it's like stand your ground and pretty much learn how to... uh, exchange words in such a way that the person's puzzled like i think you just insulted me yes you (laughs) i I learned to stand my ground verbally and then i learned toward uh uh about the time i left high school and also my first couple years in the military that i take a lot of crap but once it got past a certain point and i'd tell people about three four times to knock it off and i didn't you see things went aerial and it's amazing when you throw things, not directly at people, but over their head. Here's this little guy take, picking up a whole freaking metal table and tossing it over people's heads. Everybody calms oh down. So I, I've ended more fights by that, by using various tactics. Uh, so what it, hold on. That's really. She's, she's in the background with the ice machine. It's our it's our high quality studio. Maybe maybe we should get a production staff too. <laughs> well, I was putting my son to sleep. I got it got an early dinner in them. I put my son to sleep. That's how I ended up losing track of time. I was just laying there. 
I thought Saturday was nice because I could be a little more flexible. You know, I can make an earlier dinner. Well, most people, yeah, because I mean, I, I work today, I'm working tomorrow. She worked today, she's off tomorrow. So that's why we figured Saturday night, 7.30, uh, most of our guests are no longer, you know, we're not talking the 18 to 25 crowd that's out partying at this time of night. <laughs> most, no. Yeah. So just the thought of the loud music, I'm good. I'm so good. On on New Year's, my husband, he works overnight at a guard shack. So New Year's, it was on a weekend. He wasn't here. And so it was just another night for me. My kids are young. You know, we went to bed like any other night. But all of a sudden, I hear out my window, the next door neighbors, like, Hey, 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 he took the shot. He took the shot. And I just hear like running and screaming. And I just moved from Philly, okay? Just moved from Philly to Runnymede, New Jersey, the suburbs. And like my heart is pounding. I like turn all the lights off and I'm trying to look through the curtains without being seen. And I call my husband. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. I think I watched one too many like 48 hour murder mystery shows (laughs) because in my mind, somebody's like, on the back porch, like killing somebody with a gun, <laughs> taking a shot, taking a shot, right? My husband's like, you need to calm down, go to sleep. I wake up the next morning and realize it was freaking New Year's. And they were probably talking about shots, shots of alcohol. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. I was like, I used to live outside of Newark. So, yeah, if I heard something like that, it'd be like, duck. I'm like, Philly's ruined me. It's ruined. I did not think like this prior to living in Philly for five years. Yeah, I, I worked there for almost 10 years, so I know what you mean. You go to work and you'd be like, even when I oh my when I moved out here, I had been living in Bethlehem first and then Allentown. And so, yeah, I moved oh. out here and he's like, he, I'm a, like turning a fan on and he goes, you know, you don't need a fan on. To keep it quiet, you don't. You're not going to hear sirens all the time. And I was like, Yeah, she would constantly have like, "There's not enough lights here." Yeah, we we live out in the country. That's what we like. There's not a. <laughs> I didn't mind the lights. It's just I, the I need fact to put a fan I, like, on for noise. Yeah, no. It was more like because I always have dogs that are stressed, and I still have dogs that are stressed about the noise, but for different reasons. But yeah, it was yeah. just you know like the fan on and stuff, and it was like. And, you know, like... And Allentown was the city part of the Lehigh Valley. Like, that's the city city oh, yeah. part, Allentown. But even Bethlehem, at one point in time, I was walking my dog, and it was 4th of July, and I was coming back, and they're, like, shooting off freaking rockets, pretty much, in the middle of the street. And I was like, dude, like, what? It, what is happening? And my dog is, like, freaking out. And I was like, okay, let's, the minute it. they made them legal, everybody went wild with it. With then it. then like, she comes out here, and it's like... Yeah, you know, and you hear gunfire out here. It's like, yeah, it's just the people down to Corey. What do you mean they're shooting? Like, oh my! God. It's it's normal. That's that's country life. It's not it's not people getting murdered. But yeah, it's funny. Cause well, and guys, I, I was okay with that. Right? They're shooting for fun. They're shooting for fun, yeah. not for murder. Yeah. yeah. When I when I first moved back here from from out west, and I moved to my mom's house, and she, at that point she was surrounded by woods, so there was like you could hear shooting. And then on certain days, you'd hear, like, motocross racing and stuff. But other than that, like, she was out in the sticks. So at night, it was really hard for me oh. to sleep because I was, like, so quiet. And then I'd hear an owl or something. Yeah, and then I learned to love it. Like, I was like, oh, this is bad. Yeah, because when she lived in Allentown, she's also forgetting to tell you that she was, like, what, maybe half a mile from a freaking train yard with half the, a the, mile. It was part of the apartment complex. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> oh my god! It, 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 it literally that, ran. Uh, it was an old silk converted silk mill that sat on the train tracks. So yeah. and it's those mile really, long. Yeah, they uh, were huge. Oh yeah, it was almost every time I came home from work, I'd get stuck at the train tracks and watch them, and they were a good mile long. It's that intermodal stuff yeah. that they're they're bringing that's it from. That's pretty cool. That's that's pretty urban. That's pretty urban and cool, girl. I'm just saying. But it's funny because I lived like I even wrote one time like on Facebook or something. I posted. I was like, 
I don't know how, because even at my mom's house, which was very out there, I could still hear the train tra- train in the distance. I've always lived within earshot of a train. Even if it wasn't like right oh. next door to my place, that was next door to my place. Because even my mom and stepdad came over for like Easter and stuff. And we're sitting in my apartment and they're like, wow, that's, wow, it's right there. <laughs> like you weren't kidding. Yeah, and- she's, she could almost recreate the scene from Blues Brothers. <laughs> Not quite, but <laughs> if I was in the other, like there were two buildings. If I were in the other building, I would absolutely be able to recreate <laughs> Hey, that's just not bad. It only comes by every now and then. We're planes around here. I don't see any trains, but I see lots of like low flying planes that have to be like maybe coming into Philly. Probably. Yeah. You're probably in the in the in like the, across the bridge. Yeah, you're probably in the flight pattern there. Right. But they're they look like matchboxes in the sky. Like not too small, but like not too big, just like little matchboxes. Oh, they might be uh I wonder if they're part of the Trenton Mercer. Oh, Pattern. No, yeah, Trenton Mercer's. Yeah, it's smaller little planes. They're smaller ones, but they're like always whatever they call it Yeah, growing growing up <laughs> when I was when I lived in Maryland, and every once in a while they change a the flight pattern to BWI, and they come right over our house, and it was like it would like vibrate the whole place. Like I lived in the flight path of Newark, <laughs> so oh, you know, boy. literally, yeah. It, in the summertime, you'd open up the windows, and like, there's time <laughs> when you get Jet that watch. Yeah, when you get that uh, fog off the bay, <laughs> they change the pattern, <laughs> and there's yeah. mem- many a times you swear a 747 was about to come right through the window. Like, what the hell? Can you imagine nowadays the community posts <laughs> would come through? Well, what you got it. What you also got to understand, I just spent, just I had just spent a decade living overseas, <laughs> where literally I was in the flight path of my helicopter, but that was like, oh my god. So we'd be like the mash. Incoming after, you know, but not flight path of aircraft. I mean, I've spent a lot of life of my life around aircraft, but that was just ridiculous. I'm like, yeah, nice apartment we got here. <laughs> Let's just say uh, before I was married, it was a rough start. <laughs> and nowadays, those apartments probably cost like three times as much. I'm still kicking myself on that. Oh, my gosh. Can you oh my it was actually my apartment in Allentown was actually beautiful. It was an awesome apartment. It was a loft apartment, but it was just in a bad area. <laughs> and then you got the train coming right back. Well, that's the trade-off. <laughs> the horrible trade-off. Oh, yeah. So whenever we drive through there, she you know, gives me the tour. That's where somebody got shot. And that's where they found the body. And this, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm aware of Allentown. This is Latino community. I'm well aware of what goes. And that's where MS-13, never heard of them. No, no, no idea what you're talking about. I'm just an innocent boy. Whitehall is really nice. I'll be honest. Whitehall is nice from the parts I've seen. But there's it, there's a lot it, of good. I mean, it is. I mean, there's a lot of good in Allentown. Period. It's just, just, it's just even where I lived, but it was gated. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and it was one of those really tightly timed gates too. You know. <laughs> Get your car in before it cut closes on your car. Oh my god. But yeah, better that than <laughs> missing four wheels. I yeah, there's that. Well, yeah, I'm gonna have to gamble with. <laughs> well, that's funny you say that. I'll take the bumper for five hundred hours. At, at one faster. point in time, the stolen car capital of the world. Yeah, there's a there's a story about that. Uh, they had such a bad theft rate there in Newark, and I just remember that. They finally started doing some crackdown, but somebody went into, I think it was a federal judge's, they went into the, the secure parking lot, and he said, the guy said he was uh, there to detail the judge's car or something, and drove out with the judge's brand new Mercedes, never to be found again. Oh my God. So it's getting a little louder. <laughs> we just brought the dog back in, the security camera is beeping away, and like, hey, I think he's still outside. The other dog's like, hey, where you been? Yeah, I do not miss... Philadelphia either. I mean, I, I miss the people I worked with there, but I don't miss the city. The, some of the adventures I had there for work were not the type of adventures somebody should have while you're working. Well, that's what I mean. It was fun when I was single and, you know, living there by myself and working. But as soon as I started, like, settling down and having kids, it was terrifying. <laughs> it was literally terrifying. I didn't want my kids 
touching the snow because I couldn't see what was underneath of it. It was really sad. Yeah. Well, it is. It's weird, too, because, yeah, there's a certain point where you live in a city like that and you're okay or you do certain things. But, yeah, once you get older and you especially if you have kids, but in general, it's just that mentality starts to shift. Like, oh, that's where you know you get older. Yeah. You know, like I think back, like I drove cross country twice with a bunch with female. Like it wasn't even, and it was before cell phones. I was like, now I think about it and I'm like, I can't believe we made it okay. But just the fact, like it's a great story to tell, but at the same time, I was like, so, in other words, tune in for another episode when Bad Betty talks about her trips across. Oh, God. That's a I long know. I was story. Like, <laughs> They're fun stories, though. But, um, but, yeah, so I think about, you know, but same thing. Even living in the city, like I lived in Baltimore for a while. You're single, you're, you know, single female and so forth. And, yeah, it was fun. But it's definitely not like a now I think about it. I wouldn't want to. I have a garden and I have fun stuff to me, but maybe fun stuff to me is like, he's going to be like, okay, boomer. (laughs) Yeah. Our our fun stuff. Yeah. When our security cameras primarily exist so that we can track the fox, the possums, I think we have four or five different. We got like four or five different cats that we we have by name. We we know our ferals versus uh, the non-feral cats and and their patrol routes and whatever the The rabbits. rabbits. I mean, last year we had some Norwegian rats, but then they started getting obnoxious, so we had to take them all out. Because we didn't have a fox. When we first moved here, there was the widest squirrel I've ever seen in my life. Like, it was... I'd never seen a squirrel that was literally wider than it was tall. It was so I called her Fat Fat, and then I realized going into November, Fat Fat wasn't Fat Fat no more. She was had babies. Uh, okay. Apparently, squirrels have babies twice yeah. a year, and she was she was pregnant. Yeah, you're fat. Oh, so I've been like, <laughs> I know. I felt really bad afterward. <laughs> But isn't it cool just kind of when, when you finally, when you get away from that, like I said, I've never been an urban type. I mean, I grew up in rural, what was New Jersey. Now it's no longer rural. Yeah, I thank my parents for, I spent a lot of time in Jersey City, Brooklyn, Bronx, and mm-hmm. the projects and stuff. So I got to see, and even in Easton, when Easton was a steaming pile. So yeah. I know what urban areas and I've lived in urban areas, but I keep coming back and it does give you a good round of uh, appreciation of different things, but not just culturally, but then when you do move out in the country, then it's like, yeah, it's like, I love watching my Fox on the, on the security camera. It's a lot better than, you know, watching somebody break it into my car and having to pull my gun out. Exactly. Like, dude, exactly. you really do not want to rob that car. And then have the police come up. It's like, yeah. well, you shouldn't have a nice stereo in your car. Really? That's that's your solution? Yeah. Thank you, officer. Yeah, yeah I remember back in the 80s, when my brother's car got the window smashed out because he had sneakers in the back. Like, well, you should get the sneakers in the back. Really? Are you kidding Yeah, in Baltimore. This is, yeah. We had like really, oh, that was a common thing. Yeah, but to tell someone you shouldn't have had your sneakers in the car, like. Yeah. When I got out of the service and I lived down in South Jersey, that was how policing was like in the 80s. And I lived in a right on the edge. You should have known better. Yeah. I lived right on the edge of a bad neighborhood. And so the police department, what was really weird is the police department that covered the area was pretty cool if they would come out. But half the time they'd have the the Willingboro people come out. And that was their attitude. Well, you shouldn't have that. Well, thank you, officer. Uh, you shouldn't have as many donuts either, but, you know, let's not get personal here. It, that's what it was. That was their approach to policing. That, Or even worse was, uh, not to cut you off, but even well, worse was my experience. Was, something different. Um, huh? Not to me. Why, why, why stop now? Why stop now? But, um, that, again, you shouldn't have done that, kind of a, especially towards females. Like, well, why were you doing that? Like, why would you leave, 
You know, it's just the, the mentality, like, why were you leaving the bar alone? It's like, well, but I was just walking to my house kind of a thing yeah, when I lived in. You're not allowed to walk by yourself. You're, you, you, you delicate women just can't be, you <laughs> exactly. can't be wearing those clothes. You can't be doing those things. We all know that. By the way, uh, I'm sure that when my sisters listen to us, they'll come, she'll come, all of them will come kick my ass for that statement, but. <laughs> Do you have feminist sisters? I have feminist sisters. Not feminist. I grew you. up. I grew up in a very well. We've already had that culture. <laughs> yeah, and um, no, they're not feminists. They're just very strong women. I grew up with strong women, and my culturally speaking, a lot of people don't understand. Lincoln women don't put up with shit. So you, they'll let you trash talk to a certain point, but there's a price to be paid. Well, that's what I'm saying is, you know, just like when you're earlier talking about, you know, my family is when I lived in Baltimore. And, you know, if something had happened, you know, that's what I heard from friends about the way the police responded was like, well, why were you walking home at night alone? It's like, well, because I was walking to my house. Like, what the hell? So it is kind of a sad. I just, I just always surrounded myself around people, and especially the men I was seeing that, like, they wouldn't. Yes, you should be able to. A woman should yeah, be should. able to do those yeah. things, one hundred percent. But like. We all know that like things could happen. That's not the and reality. I've always surrounded myself right with people and especially men who wouldn't let me walk. Would, would oh, I got it? No, no, I'm walking you, and I just feel like that's the way yeah. it should be. Like kind of like you just said. Like I know you were being a little sarcastic, but no, women shouldn't. Like kind of women yeah. shouldn't, and if you have the right people around you they shouldn't have to because they, they wouldn't shouldn't have to. they wouldn't let you right like in a respectful way yeah you know in a very respectful caring concerned way and if that teddy um wouldn't let me uh, ever if it had been him he never would have let me walk home alone but that's the whole that's a whole, right. that's a whole thing that i that's the whole point i'm trying to create is Nowadays, like men need to be men. Men need to realize that you need to respect women, but that there are certain things that you need to. Women need to realize there's really creepy guys. If if you have female friends, whether it's family, friends, or or your your significant other, we have moral obligation to step up and. And I think that's what we're losing as a generation and as a society that we're forgetting. It's like, no, I want my women to be strong. I want her to say, hey, you know what? I, I'm cool with this. I can walk home. And then, of course, the counter offer is, nah, no. Nah, I, I know that you could. If in an emergency, exactly. you could absolutely make it. But you know what? I could and I would, but I don't want you to yep. let me. It's the thing. You shouldn't yep. let me. I, I mean, there's a difference that, you know, push comes to shove and I'm not around and you got to do it. I know you can do it. But And uh, that's the conversation. That's the part of what we're talking about is like, heard in the intro we don't care about your your politics religion sex sports blah 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 but we used to have these conversations and it's not just conversations with friends with neighbors with your families if you're raising daughters you want them to understand that they need to be strong they need to be independent but they also need to find a Mm -hmm. solid partner needs to back you up and we're forgetting a lot of this stuff so like and then if, if if you got boys yeah, they got to learn respect. Listen, the rules have changed what you can or can't get away with, but we've gotten to a point of absurdity. Not to get on a too uh, high horse, but I still enjoy if I hold the door open for somebody mm. and they say thank you, or at least they give you a thankful look. I don't expect, but, you know, versus somebody's like, you don't need to hold the door. I had one of those recently. At a, so I just let the, the, I, I let the second door close on her face. I'm like, hey, no problem. We we can play this game. You want Absolutely. to be rude? I'll be rude. Common courtesy. It's common courtesy. But at the end of the day, yes. Yep. 
And I don't care if you're man, women, whatever, it's like you identify as a cat, whatever. It's like if I'm in front of you, I'm opening the door, I'm going to hold it open as long as it, because that's yeah, the way I was that's raised. That's what I was raised. But yeah, as, as, as Bad Betty said, if Bad Betty's down someplace and, and she's got to walk home and I'm there, I'm walking her home. Yeah. I don't care. It's, it's, it's just common in any day and age, not even modern, any day and age, that is a role that we should encourage and absolutely she's my significant other she's my partner there's no way it's like you know something happens to her us barinkins remember we 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 protect family and friends and things like that anyway i know getting on my high horse so so what do you think of the format you think this uh, uh yeah you think, I think this would be interesting fun. for people? Yeah, I like I mean, we're it. Fa- we're it's casual. Fun. It's fun. So you can thank Corey down at the bar uh, who planted the little uh, bug in my thank ear you, about we should do a podcast. Yeah, so it was after when they started reopening up after post-COVID. Bad Betty and I were down there talking away about different things because you know she's my cultural <laughs> reference especially from the 90s and i don't know how old you are at all exactly so. country so i don't know anything that happened. oh you complete him <laughs> <laughs> so she fills that 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 needful gap i can tell you what's going on in the, the caribbean but i can't tell you what was happening in our own country um, if i didn't see it on yeah, the news it was it was not working. <laughs> i mean i yeah, we, we, we saw, we, we, we had news, but, you know, it was like, I watched a lot of... I've no, I've been introducing them to stuff. Like, yeah, to me? All new to me. <laughs> like, what? I'm like, what? I introduced him to the Beastie Boys, kind of. I was like, he's like, oh, I knew the Beastie Boys. And I was like, no, 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 you haven't heard. Because the Beastie Boys, like, in the 90s, transformed. <laughs> yeah, kind of. I, I, heard, I heard of them before, but... Now, if there's a movie that came out in the 90s, especially B and C grade, I know it. I've watched it multiple times. <laughs> That's what we did. We worked insane number of hours, drank insane amounts of stuff, and watched lots of movies when we weren't working, which was probably about half the time we were working. Are you going to have a page? Yeah. A oh, we have media a social media, media page. page. Yes, oh, there cool. is a social media page. Uh, I can send you the link. There is a Instagram page, and then it feeds over to Facebook. The and Facebook. what we're going to do, like when we talked about like today. Facebook. Well, we got Instagram. Everything's going to be Facebook. done through Instagram <laughs> and Facebook. Yes. No, it, it does. It does both. I don't even it's, have an Instagram. We're tied into both. So whatever gets posted on on Instagram will show up on Facebook as well. So you don't have to switch over. Allergic to what? It's called a ragdoll cat. Okay. That's new. Yeah. Hmm. They're kind of like a breed off of like the Siamese, I guess. Or... They have like the oh, lower. Yeah. The allergen thing. Yeah, the lower allergen rating than most cats. But he that he's had this specific cat, so he knows he's not allergic to it. Mm. But they're expensive. They're very expensive. Oh, okay. Well, that... Right. I'm like, my brother just had a well, whole there's... litter for free. You sure you're not allergic to these? Yeah, really. They're orange. They're orange. A, a colony <laughs> of 20... 20- 30 cats that she has at her house and I have two yeah she has literally cats all over the place free cats um, all over the place I just want one I just want one they're cute I, I, my two cats are but we built a catio for them nice so they don't yeah, it's a, they, they have, have their, their own, own custom room. condo Stop. there in the house. Like, great cat. <laughs> he, we built a yeah. condo. He built. They a took condo over an entire room. <laughs> and um, but yeah, the dog. Well, my dog doesn't go in there at all. Um, but Crusoe will go in there and like touch noses and stuff. 
and then they certain mornings they'll come in and sleep with me. But oh, it sounds like a great place to have coffee and sunroom patio with all the kitties. Exactly. It, I love it. Uh, she's she's having an existential okay? moment here. The you just um I do? you just did something pretty amazing. Um, you reminded her of a very special Aww. friend of hers who just passed away earlier this year. So thank you very much. So she's she she's having a a. a a crying jag here, so she's gonna be offline here for a little Aww. bit. But see, these things work. It's not your fault. Just I kept thinking about your voice, and then all of a sudden, when you said that about the cats, it just reminded me. It's now that everybody's had an emotional moment. <laughs> Now that's, but this is what we're talking about. See, here's an example of the power yeah. conversations yeah. that people have and the connections. We're just talking about life and about different things, and all of a sudden it's like, boom, you remember. So, so hopefully, people out there are listening to this, and yeah, we're keeping this part. Um, make that phone call, pick up that phone, get down that text, whatever platform you use although i prefer hearing people's voices personally and uh reach out yeah this, this, this life is entirely too short and uh those memories are really important i'm so i'm so stunned i'm sorry and on that note <laughs> you all. all right Good. so i was just thinking the only thing the only downfall is i wish i could give her a hug right now <laughs> I know. Oh. Yep, that would that would be. Yeah, she's yeah. like one of my. Ironically, we talked about middle school, and she was my middle school best friend. And no, absolutely, um, not somebody who we went on each other's friend. family vacations, beach vacations, and stuff. So she was my best friend, and then we reconnected through social media, and ironically, both lived out west at the time she was living in LA and uh, amazing person but unfortunately she died of brain cancer on her 50th birthday exactly her 50th birthday last October oh my gosh she was super an amazing soul just the nicest person And I have to say, the interesting part of it was I get I got to talk to her a little bit okay. while she was battling with that, um, and it was still it was an amazing. It, there was something about Spirit just talking to her, even on the phone. How you and you, sometimes you have that conversation with somebody, and even though they're in the middle of fighting, you know they're literally fighting for their life and. There's still an energy. There's still a bond. There's still a thing. I mean, it's it's the same. You know, my own my own personal battle uh, with my parents and stuff. <laughs> yes, Again, tune in for a future episode. <laughs> yes, I'm a shameless yeah, plugger. Was... What can I say? <laughs> but that was again that that is the example of the power of just talking. This is why again. Uh, how many times when you worked at the bar, we would have conversations just about whatever. I mean, it, it's just, I, I grew up in an environment where you, the bar was a, one of the places you go and you would have your conversations. I know other people depend on their churches and this and that. Their fraternal orders, 
maybe their former fraternity and sorority brothers and sisters or their former co-workers, whatever. Folks, I cannot emphasize enough. Yo, this is what even introverts like us can run a show like this. You sure as hell can get off your butt. Get on that phone and talk to somebody. Okay, I'll get off my bully puppet there. <laughs> All right, Jess, Jerrica, it has been Patrick a pleasure having you Definitely on. Definitely have future conversations, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah, so that's the other thing. Uh, anybody who comes on is always welcome to come back because we, we do have some of our guests who then later afterwards like, wait. I remember this and I wanted to talk about that and that's we're not a we're we're not opposed to having repeat guests. Did you have fun? I did. I did. You yes. guys gotta send me fun? that link that's to the, the first thing. social media page so I can get on there. Yep. We'll definitely do that. Hey, just Jerrica, thank you very much for your time and I'll definitely Super shoot you the links you. and when this comes oh. out. Thank you. Have a good evening, it was great. guys. As always, this this is fun. Y'all, my love to your man. That I'm, Aww, I'm very thank you so happy much. To follow your Have stories. a good night, guys. <laughs> All right, take care. All right, bye. So, those of you who are listening, you have been listening to Grown Up Dot 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 Extraordinary Conversations with Ordinary People. As always, whatever platform you listen to, please give us a five star thumbs up smiley emoji. Just remember, the AI system doesn't care about anything other than that. If you give us anything lower than that, it doesn't even register. It literally doesn't. It's either it's a, it's black and white. If you like what you heard. Please tell your friends to tune in. If you hated what you heard, tell your enemies to listen in. Hey, might as well dump it on them. And uh, if you're a sponsor, hey, we're, we can shamelessly plug products. Point up, dot, dot, dot. All rights reserved. <laughs> <laughs>